Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, I'm your host, Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be diving into this episode of Track World News here with Mary Beth Sant Price. Uh, she is your bronze medalist in the Indoor World Championships in the 60-meter dash, PR of a 10.95 and a 7.04. Uh, Mary Beth, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Before we go any further, I wanna give a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. As track athletes, we're gonna be running tons of miles every week and can be really sweaty and gross after a hard day of practice, but those days are behind us. Manscaped just sent me their brand new performance package, which comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Look, I've tried a lot of razors in my day, but the Lawnmower 4.0 is just different. Its ceramic blade helps reduce grooming accidents. LED light allows you to shave anytime, anywhere. And since it's waterproof, you can even take it in the shower if you want. When shopping with Manscaped, use code TWN at checkout to get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping worldwide. Show up to your next meet looking good. If you want to be the best, you got to look the best. Link is in the description. And now back to the video. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. It should be a, a really good one for sure. Uh, and before we get into any of your, your track and field stuff, we definitely had a few off the track uh, type questions and, and things that people were a little bit, little bit interested in as well. Um, so understand you were a journalism major. I think you were also a, a, a writer as well. Um, what's the, uh, what got you interested in, in writing? Uh, any, any types of, of books that you most enjoy or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, as a little girl, it's kind of funny to say out loud, but I would start out in my diary. Like I would just write in my diary and writing was always my best subject in school and I really just enjoyed it. I enjoy, you know, putting my thoughts down on paper and I feel like I can articulate my thoughts better that way. Um, and I don't know, I just love writing and telling a story and I've always loved it since I was little. Yeah, I still have one for myself. I call it like the spark notes to my life. Just like whenever I got something uh, going to be able to look back at it, you know, in a, a couple a couple of years from now, like, oh man, that's what's going on. Do you still do that as well? Like, do you might have like a, a diary or a notepad that you might take down, you know, some thoughts? Um, I don't do it as much, which I think I should. And I probably should because it's good to write your thoughts down. Um, I don't do it as much, but I definitely, when I'm feeling inspired or want to get my feelings out, I, I write. So, um, yeah. And I saw also in the, like the, the world's greatest, the, the, the little super doc, you also mentioned how when you were 10, you thought you might've been the world's best songwriter. Uh, do you have any of those songs left? Could we see, I don't know, maybe Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, anyone like that potentially, you know, performing some of the songs you're writing? Um, yeah, no, I, I literally thought that I was going to be the next songwriter and singer, which is not the case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Jay Beebs will pick up one of my songs. Well, who knows? We'll have to see. If, if you could write, uh, like an album, a song or whatever for any artist, who would it be and, and why? Ooh, uh, 
Oh, that's a really good question. I would probably say Halsey. Um, I love her and I think her voice, ugh, like she is just amazing. She can tell a story with her voice and I definitely love to write for her. Oh yeah, you would you would fall right in with a lot of my friends group friend group. They think the, they say the exact same thing. It's like head over heels over her. She's been doing wonders. So no, yeah, that that'll be cool. So if we ever see uh, like in, in a Mary Beth in the in the credits, you know you know who it is, or maybe an, an MB, we know it's we know it's you. Exactly. There we go. Um, and before uh, track and field, you actually were a pretty good soccer player as well. Uh, did I see you're on the national team as well? Like on that like what's how did you get up to being at such an elite level at the at soccer um you know before even starting track and field yeah i mean i i was always in sports growing up my whole entire life and i started out with dance and gymnastics and um probably i started soccer really young but probably when i was in middle school is when i started to do really well and i played for a club called real and there's different ranks and i'm you know played for the national team and um I fell in love with soccer. So for a while, soccer was the only sport that I did. Um, and yeah, just being in sports my whole life, that, that was kind of what got me going. Mm. Do you still follow soccer very often? Do you have any favorite teams or clubs? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. And um, obviously Team USA, but I have a good friend who plays for Team Canada. And so I secretly root for them. Um, yeah, I love watching professional soccer. I will, I watch it all day long. I love it. Awesome. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And, um, so you, you grew up in, in Colorado and I was taking a look at some of the, what, Valor Christian. It looks like, were you in the same grade as Christian McCaffrey or did you go to school with him as well? The, you know, Panthers running back? Yes. <laughs> I went to school with Christian. Um, yes. We actually dated for like four years, so. Oh, wow, I had had no idea. (laughs) Oh yeah, I guess fun fact about me, but yeah, no, I went to, he was a year younger than me, but we went to school together. Um, I transferred there my sophomore year. I went to like a public school before then, and then um, went to Valor and yeah. There you go. Well, so got some elite athletes coming out of, uh, coming out of Valor. So definitely, uh, definitely pretty cool uh, for sure. And so, you know, looking back at, you know, your, your track and field career, like where, where, I guess we'll begin at the, the beginning for you. Like, where did you get started when it comes to, to running and, and everything like that? So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I started out in soccer and um, my coach, my soccer coach was like, we should put a relay together. You know, our fastest girls on the team or we should do a four by one relay. So um, we did a four by one relay and I did the open 100. And I actually, it was my first track meet ever. Um, I think I was 10 at the time. And so I ended up winning and beating like, you know, the best girl in the state. And so Tony Wells, he had a track club called the Colorado Flyers. And he, after that race, invited me to, to join the Colorado Flyers. And then the rest is history from there. Wow. So was it uh, like just a, a first love? Like you fell right into it? Because I know some people, it's, you know, for many, it's the the backup plan for, for track and field. And it's like, eh, I'll just kind of do this on the side. But for you, was it kind of like instant, like something you, you really enjoyed? Yes and no. I mean, I, I loved it. I loved running, but it was definitely a second choice with soccer. Um, I love soccer. And I even had to sit down with my parents. They're like, all right, 
soccer in Colorado and soccer and track in Colorado are both in the spring. So it was just really hard to do both. And I ended up choosing soccer um, and then kind of had like second thoughts. And I was like, all right, maybe I should do the track thing. So I ended up choosing track ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I've, if I'm sure, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know like Colorado is usually really known well for like a lot of distance runners. A lot of distance runners will go there and you know, really strong distance programs, you know, for that. Like, did you find it any, you know, difficult or, you know, of being like, hey, actually, I'm going to kind of go against the, you know, what a lot of people do when it comes to track and, and go into sprinting here? Um, honestly, no, it was just because I was fast and um, I tried hurdles. I tried long jump. I tried a couple different events and I, I wasn't bad at them. You know, I, I was an athlete, but sprinting had my heart and um I had the most potential in that, so that's what I stuck with. There you go. And then you you, you actually like originally kind of started out your your, your college career, what, in, in 2013, going out to, to Eugene, you know, start starting out there. Like, was that a, a difficult choice to go, you know, farther away from home? Or what, what did your, your recruiting process kind of look like? So I know you're one of the, the you're the top sprinter in, in high school in, in, in America there. So I'm sure you had the, the pick of the litter for, for where it was that you wanted to go. Like, what did that, you know, recruiting process kind of look like for you, you know, going out of high school? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, the recruiting process coming out of high school, I, in my opinion, is sets you up for a lot of things in life. I mean, you get to like, you're kind of interviewing other people and you're, you know, like navigating what you think is going to be best for your future. And it was kind of overwhelming at some points in the process, um, but it was a really cool thing to go through. And um, I actually was not going to take a visit to Oregon. I had my heart set on TCU and it was last minute, you know, my parents were like, hey, like, I think, you, I think you should just go, you know, weigh out all of your options. And so I went, um, I fell in love with the program, you know, all, all the stuff that they had, like it's, it's a high quality program. Um, and so sitting on the plane coming home, I was like, all right, I'm gonna be a duck. Mm -hmm the the facilities you know I, I haven't been able to be out there but it's been you know really cool like was it when you're when you came back you know this past year um you know with the renewed um you know building you, i know you were there with with old hayward and now it's the, the new hayward you know did it did it still have the, a similar type of feel or was it kind of you know pretty pretty different from when you used to be there honestly pretty different i mean it looks completely different um hayward magic you'll always get that kind of same feel when you're in Eugene. Um, but it is really different. And what I thought was cool about it for my own experience was, you know, I had I had a rough time at Oregon. I got hurt, that's where I ended up, you know, medically retiring from the sport for a while. So I felt like I was able to come back and make it, make it my own and make it something new with the next chapter. So that was really cool about the new track. And it's beautiful, <laughs> it is a great facility, so yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's like being able to kind of like reclaim that that part of your story. Like, hey, this was the first part didn't go as as I would have loved it to, but now like we're 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 developing and getting and getting better at that. Like, could could you kind of touch on you know what what happened with you with your medically retiring? Like, a lot of people may not realize like how how serious it was at, at one point. Like, what what led up to it and and kind of what was going through your mind, not just physically but you know mentally, you know, as you're you know hearing all these things from from you know doctors and other professionals. Yeah, I mean it was one of the hardest times in my life. Um, 
like you said, I came out of high school as one of one of the best recruits, and I was ready to have a successful collegiate career. And um, near the middle to end of my freshman year, um, I was having a pretty good year, and I started to have pain in my foot, in my right foot, and it was broken. Um, we found out that it was broken, and I ended up having to run on a broken foot, and it was horrible and painful. And then that summer, you know, I took some time off, tried to heal, sophomore year came back, broke it two more times. So I ended up breaking my foot three times. Um, I ended up stress fracturing my shin, my left shin. Um, so it was just constant, constant pain. I was never, my body was just never healthy. I could never give it my all and I was just constantly in pain. So the doctor suggested that I get a bone density scan because having all these stress fractures is really rare in a sprinter. Like you see it in distance runners and you know, things like that, but so it came back and I was diagnosed with osteopenia, um, which is weak bones pretty much. And it's another rare thing, especially in a young person and in a sprinter. So we had a talk and he suggested that I medically retire. Um, and you know, at that age, going through all those injuries and just constantly being in pain. Um, I didn't question it. I didn't fight back. I was just like, okay, because mentally I was done too. I was done being in pain and trying to prove myself and I just kind of agreed to it. And so, yeah, I sat out with, didn't touch a track for three years. Jeez, like, so you're you're leaving at, when, as a sprinter, like, those are some really key, like, years, what were, like, 20, 21, something like that? Yeah, so, um, I believe it was from my 2016 to 2018 were those, like, the years that I was, or 20, sorry, 2015 to 2018, mm -hmm. um, and then I, that's when I transferred to Colorado State in 2018, but yeah, it was, those are crucial developmental years as well. I mean, you know, when you're in college and you're developing, and I missed out on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking back, like if, what do you think, if you could go back, flash back to your old self, like right at, like you get out of that doctor's office where he's saying, hey, you're, you have to medical retire. And like, you could flash back and say, hey, by the way, you're going to actually win a bronze medal in the world championships in what is it six seven years from now you're you're not going to be retired what do you think yourself would you know say if you you heard that you're crazy <laughs> um there i couldn't have dreamed of it i mean i knew and i knew then and like you know as i know now i knew then how talented i was and the caliber of athlete that i was but i legitimately thought I was done. And so even the years that I just decided to come back my first year, I didn't believe that I was gonna get to where I am now and get back to, you know, my potential. Um, so yeah, I would tell myself that I was crazy. 
What like, because um, I know recently we've seen a lot of uh, focus on on the mental health aspect of, of athletics and just sports and how, you know, you're, you're putting your, your body through a lot and your, your mind's going through a lot as well. Like what kind of was, you know, going on in, in your head? Was it difficult? Did you find difficult days, you know, mentally, you know, going through the, hey, I went from, you know, being at this this top level and now I'm, I'm injured and not really able to kind of perform the way that I that I'd like to. Yeah, I mean, I it took a huge toll on my mental health, and um, at times I was definitely depressed, and it was hard to go through every day. I almost felt like I was, you know, during those three years, I almost felt like I was living a lie because track was who I was, honestly. <laughs> like that's where I found my purpose, and then it just got ripped out from underneath me, and I had to figure out who I was in my young 20s at that without that. And it was just, it was a shock to my system. Um, and even when I did start back, my first year was a rust buster. You know, I had been out for three years and I struggled then too. I was like, is this worth it? Like, did I make the right decision? Should I just stop? Um, so yeah, it was really difficult. What was that uh, that first race back? Like, were, were, when you were lining up on the line, were, were there any nerves? Like, what, what was it like when you're finally coming back? Do you remember the race that it was, you know, when I you do. first came back? I do, yeah. So it was at the Air Force Academy. It was uh, my first indoor race back. You know, we at the collegiate level, you start in January um, for the indoor season. And um, it was at the Air Force Academy and I was so nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I ran 7.48, I believe, 7.48 or 43. Um, it was exhilarating. It was so fun to be back, but it was also so many questions. So much of it was unknown. And yeah, just all of the emotions were flowing through my body. Yeah, I'm sure it's like, a whirlwind like oh, I'm, I'm glad that i finally got on the track and, and got through healthy and didn't have to didn't have to worry worry about it um and, and so you came back at, at colorado state is that like how about how far away from your like where you were from is, is that pretty close like were you near family or what went to the decision of of colorado state so no it where i grew up Colorado State's about an hour and a half so it's far away um and my family actually after i graduated from high school they moved to florida so i didn't have oh. a family here um and the deciding factor to come back to Colorado state was i remember how supportive they were um recruiting me in high school and how much the sprints coach believed in me and I just wanted that. I wanted to feel like somebody believed in me. Somebody other than myself knew that I wasn't done. And that was the main deciding factor. And Colorado was a comfort to me as well. You know, I grew up there. So that played, that played a role as well. There you go. Um, I'm, I'm also really curious. So it's like, I've noticed in all in your your sprinting or your your start, you have both knees on the ground when you start ver versus many of the others that usually have have the one. Where did that technique kind of come from, and is there any you know no reasoning behind the uh, the the unique start when you're you're getting uh, lining up on the blocks? Yeah, um, I mean it's all I've known. Um, Tony Wells, that was his start technique, and it is all I know. I haven't done it. They, they do that at Oregon as well. So I didn't have to transition um, going to Oregon. So even while I was at Oregon, that's how I, how I did it. And 
um, yeah, it was just his technique growing up. And Tony Wells, was, he was a pretty big name in track. You know, a lot of, he spoke at seminars, a lot of coaches, you know, knew about his program. And I did try the one knee up um, my first year back at Colorado State and I hated it. It just felt so awkward to me. And I'm sure vice versa, there's people who do the one knee up and they try the double and they're like, what? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all I know, so. Yeah, I remember watching one of your, one of the first races here this indoor season. And I saw like you had the two knees down. I watched it, I was like, oh, that, that must've just been, that must've just been a mistake. She, I don't know, I must've just seen it wrong. She didn't actually do it. And then like, did it like the next race. It was like the prelim and the final, I'm like, oh no, wait. No, she, that, that's just what she does. So, okay, it's, 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 it's taking me aback a little bit. Uh, have you ever ran into many other athletes that do that? Or is, are you usually the only the only athlete on the line when you're, you know, with uh, the four, like, four points of art? Yeah, I mean, I know a couple others. Like Grant Holloway does it, um, Anna Hall. Um, most of the sprinters, I think, at USC and Oregon do it as well. So there's there's some of us here and there. There you go. So you're not, you're not completely alone. <laughs> that, yeah. That's good. And uh, so this season was a, a real great, you know, awesome breakout season for, for you, both indoors and, and outdoors. And, you know, first coming out and, and being able to, to win uh, a world, a world championship, uh, being bronze world championship medal. Like what, what was that the indoor season like? Because you, you started off hot, uh, you know, with the, the world, uh, the world lead. And I know I, a lot of the commentators, you know, friends of mine were like, Who's this girl? Like, who's, who's starting off, you know, starting off warm? Like, what was the that indoor season like for you uh, here? It was crazy. Honestly, like you said, I just started out hot. From there, it was like the momentum just kept going. And um, this was my second year in the program that I'm in. Uh, my coach, his name is Chuck Duguay, um, based out of Denver. He grew up with Tony Wells as well. Um, so it was my second year with him and I get like, I just think I started to reap the benefits of my first year and I got that base and it was, you know, you you start to see athletes progress when they're in a program for two to three years. Um, and so I knew, I knew I had it. I knew that it was in me, but I just started to reap benefits from it, from working hard and staying consistent. Um, but it was, it was crazy. Um, I had to, I had to stay focused with all the, you know, everything going on around me, and it was fun and wild for sure. Yeah, I've I've always been interested, like with you know, with pro athletes, especially like like yourself, like you're getting a lot of requests and you know people reaching out and wanting to you know you're I'm, you're being talked about on social media, the media, like all that type of stuff. Like, how is it that you know you you kind of stay focused but also you have a life which is social media is a part of the life your many people's lives like how is it that you kind of you know don't get too swayed from from one side to another you know with all the stuff going on it's hard because it's easy to just like mindlessly read the comments and you can take that in and it can be really harsh on you mentally um you just gotta stay grounded and my biggest thing was knowing I mean, I've matured and I'm, I know who I am now. And I think that's a big aspect of it, but you just gotta turn it off. You have to be able to push it to the side and focus on what you can control. Um, and that's all you can do really. But yeah, with social media, so many people have so much to say, good and bad. And it's, it's crazy and you just, 
you have to be able to process what you want and be able to navigate that. Oh yeah, uh, know exactly what you mean because I am one of those people that have a lot to say. So I <laughs> de definitely know know what you mean. There's a lot of people you got to kind of you know m try to put the blinders on uh, a little bit there. And so, what was it like? You know, when when you crossed through the the finish line at USA's and you realized, oh snap, I'm going to my first major world championship. Like, what was that feeling? You know, right after um, you know you you realize that you're you're on the team. Um, it, a little bit of a relief. I'm not gonna lie, you know, the championship to get on the team, I think is the hardest part, um, especially being from the US. And so I felt relieved, but it was so exhilarating. I remember my heart was pounding. I walked into the warm-up area afterwards with the biggest smile on my face. I was so excited. I was ready. Um, yeah, just one, one feeling that I won't forget for sure. Who was the first person you called um, right after you you finished the race uh, to let know or, or talk to or anything like that? Um, so my husband and my mom and dad and my coach were there. So I didn't have to call them. If they weren't there, it probably would have been my husband. But <laughs> I remember I called my sister. Um, she was the first person to call. And Dior Hall, um, I grew up with her. She was in the Tony Welch program as well. She's a hurdler. Um, she was the first person I saw at the finish line and I just gave her the biggest hug. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's good to good to have the, the support group uh, around you, especially with other other athletes. Um, and then what was the world championship? You know, like what was what was that like? You know, the 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 lead up and then, you know, coming home with some uh, some hardware as well. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. I think that the lead up was probably the hardest on me mentally just because it's the unknown you know the long travel that was probably the biggest thing was me being anxious about the long travel um but once I got there I was able to kind of relax you know you're with the team you're with the coaches and they they took care of you and um it was fun to be with the team and I liked having to step outside of my comfort zone you know no family was there no coaches were there um and I I think it challenged me in the best ways. And obviously everybody, you know, wants to go in and, and win. Like if you're, if you're not going in wanting to be the champion, then you might be in the wrong event. <laughs> you might not be doing the right thing. Uh, so what was the feeling though of, you know, you, you're, you, you didn't come home with the win, unfortunately, but you did still get to bring home some hardware. Like what, what are the emotions going through with that? You know, when you're, you're bringing home a medal, even though it may not be the, the color that you, that you wanted it to be. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I think a lot of people don't really understand that part of it. It's like, you won a world, a world medal. Like, you should be so happy. Um, there's some disappointment there, you know? Like, everybody wants the gold. And I know that I was capable of the gold and everyone there was capable of the gold. And there's some disappointment there. So you kind of have to navigate and like go through those thoughts. Um, and I feel like at first, I was a little disappointed, still excited, still happy, still thrilled. But yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely, you always wanna be better. And I think that's what makes us who we are and how good we are is we're never satisfied. When you looked back at some of the tape from from the race, did you go and go like like uh, like hit your head like oh man if I just did this I could have been there like did you like what happened when you, you first looked back at the, the tape from it? Um, yes, I did that. 
over and over. I still do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I just did this. The first thing I saw was if I just drove for three more steps, the outcome could have been different. If I leaned a little bit more, the outcome could have been different. If I didn't, if I stayed controlled and leaned a little bit later, like there's so much to it. And in the 60, you know, there's no room for error. It's blink of an eye. Um, so, so I definitely did that. Um, still do. So yeah. Yeah, I I've I was a pole I was a pole vaulter uh, in in college and everything. So similar thing. Looking back at like my vaulting tapes, I'm like, just bring your hips and just a, just a little bit. You're clearing this bar. You set a PR. It's like so just like beating my yeah. So know exactly what you mean. It's like just looking at it and like I I try not to look at the those the big bars that I missed because I'm like, dang, I know. Just, just do a little bit more and, you, and it could be good. So no, no exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so then outdoors, uh, you know, going through the, the regular season, you're you definitely progressed almost like pretty consistently throughout the year you know by the end you know coming coming out going sub 11 for the first time like you know, what was that like you know i think back-to-back -back meets if i'm if i'm correct you know down to, to 1095 like how did it feel to be able to break that barrier which is a you know a pretty pretty big one when it comes to the, the sprinting events yeah um amazing i think that like you said breaking 11 is the barrier in the 100 for women and it was amazing. It honestly felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders because I knew it was there and I kept progressing each race and it was like, okay, just put your head down and keep going. Put your head down and keep going. And then when I clocked the 1095, it was a great feeling. And then right after I clocked a 1096 and then the following week a 1099 and another 1099. Um, so it really made me aware of kind of where I'm at and my consistent my consistency and that comes with confidence as well so it really boosted my confidence for next season and made me excited mm -hmm. uh, yeah and, the, and then looking at the at USAs for you I mean what what kind of things did you take away from that I mean I'm sure there were there were positives I'm sure there were you know areas of improvement like you know when you're looking back at that that series of of races, what are some things that, you know, you can, you know, take upon and then work on for next year? Like, like you had mentioned, um, you know, just a second ago. Yeah. Um, a lot. I was able to take away a lot. I've never been able to really analyze as soon as I crossed the line, what I did wrong, but I was able to at USA's and, um, I think the bottom line, it comes down to getting in more competitive races, getting in those races where you are feeling pressure and you know what to do with that pressure and getting comfortable with that pressure. Um, because I, I didn't experience that as much this season as I needed to. And I think going into next season, my coach and I know that and we know what we need to do. And um, something that's that's been interesting, we'll get into the, the second half of it uh, in, in a bit with our fan questions, but you've been going through this uh, this process, you know, as, as one of the, the bigger unsponsored free agent uh, athletes currently. I know we see you and, and Lele are two of kind of like the big names right now of like, you know, people that are, you know, pretty, you know, doing extraordinarily good and still, you know, looking for that. Like what's been some of the, the difficulties or, you know, that of going through, you know, being a professional athlete and still looking for, you know, uh, one of those major, major sponsorships for yourself. Yeah. Um, there are so many difficulties. I, I could sit here and go on and on. Um, I think the biggest thing is that it's very discouraging. You know, you're, you're lining up with these people who have 
support next to their name. They have a sponsor. They have someone who was like, yeah, we believe in you enough to, to sign you, to, to support you. And I'm unattached and it's, it weighs on you. Um, and I had to work a full-time job and train full-time to support myself. And my husband has to do the same. And, um, that has been really hard. Um, but I think that I've learned in this sport that you need to be able to advocate for yourself and think outside the box. Um, and I, I've been lucky enough to find support actually from, from Ray's, my first interview from Ray's take, you know, I, I had somebody reach out to me who wanted to work with me. Um, they're called Trax Church and it's really, it's really just, I get to compete and they want to support me and help me in any way. Um, so that's opened a lot of doors. And I think that advocating for yourself and coming on podcasts and talking to people is the biggest way for these unsponsored athletes. Yeah. Need to put your name out there and be, you know, let people know, you know, what's going on. Cause like as a, as a fan, you know, if you're just looking at the line, you, you see everyone in the uniforms, you may not realize like, Oh, this person is, this person isn't, uh, you know, you might, you might just see the colors of the uniforms, especially with Nikes. It's just a plain uniform. There's not, not, not a crazy design anymore. Uh, so it might be difficult to know. And so it's when you bring these things up, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Why is the person that has a medal not, uh, you know, receiving anything, but you know, others maybe. So I think bringing, bringing the attention to that can be fulfilling for sure. Have, have you spoken at much with, uh, you know, Lele, Alicia Johnson, the hurdler, um, for those that may not know that's listening. Have you guys can, talked a lot? Because uh, I know that she's been pretty uh, a pretty big advocate for, you know, herself as well. I don't know if you guys have chatted very much. Yeah, her and I, um, I love Lele. She's, she's my girl and we talk um, quite a bit. Um, and we have talked quite a bit about the topic and, you know, what she's going through and, um, we bond with that and we kind of, honestly, when I need to just vent, I call her. When I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm seeing other things on social media, I know that she's also going through it. And so we lean on each other in that. There you go. It's great, especially have a support system that's going through it. You know exactly. I'm sure like you call and she's like, girl, I was just about to call you. <laughs> like, like, so you, you see the, the same stuff there. Uh, and that kind of goes into some of the, the fan questions that we have. Uh, so first one, since it's, it's kind of on the, on the topic, this was from Justin Stuckey. He said, how have the talks with Lululemon been uh, progressing? Yeah, so um, definitely tweeted, tweeting at them was out of my comfort zone very out of my comfort zone. I'm usually kind of stay under the radar and just kind of keep my head down. But I have gone through this season, like I said, you know, dealing with this. And luckily I have the support that I have from, from my family and track church and all of that. But I'm like, something needs to change. So that tweet, actually, I have my first meeting with them on Monday. Um, so nothing's changed. I don't know what to expect. Um, really just feeling this out and seeing how it goes. There you go. Well, stepping out of the comfort zone, you know, that that's the first thing too. I mean, for, for me, that's kind of how I got started with this. I'm like, man, do I really want to talk to a bunch of strangers about track and field? Like they're going to call me out. I'm, I'm going to be an idiot. I'm going to look like an idiot in, in front of the entire world. But it's like, oh wait, it, it can end up being a good thing. So it's like in the moment might be a little tension, but who knows? So 
Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Here you go. Um, next one. This is from Caroline Runs. She says, what was the stuffed animal that they gave you at Worlds? Um, so in Serbia, I guess they are known for their plums and their raspberries. Like, I guess they grow them locally. Um, so the boys got the plums and the girls got the raspberries. And so my little guy is a pink raspberry. And funny enough, my dog loves it. And I have to, <laughs> he'll like go and try to like get it off the shelf and wherever it is. And I'm like, you can't have that. And so <laughs> get it out of his mouth and like put it back. So it's pretty funny. Did you have any of the, the raspberries or plums while you're in Serbia or, or not as much? I wish, but no, I didn't get to. I don't know if they were in season or not. Yeah, it is. It was winter. Yeah, so there, yeah, duh, of course. It was indoor track. There's no reason. Of course, it's not going to be open. Uh, next one, this was from uh, Sedrif. He said, when did you make the decision to become a full-time athlete? Hmm. Probably 2019, um, and then obviously 2020 happened, and so I sat another year, but um, 2019 was probably where I was like, yeah, I can do this as a professional. Mm. Was there, was it like a long kind of decision that you thought of, or was it pretty, pretty immediate for you? No, it was pretty immediate. I mean, I had been dreaming of this since I was 10. Like, you know, as a little girl, I've always wanted to be at the big stage, and compete with the best and represent USA. Um, so it was a pretty easy, mindless decision for me, honestly. There you go. Yeah, when you get the talents, like you're only gonna be in the ability to be a professional athlete for so long. So gotta, gotta kinda, you know, hop on that for sure. Uh, and then last one, this is from Aaliyah Hill. She says, who is your best friend? <laughs> Not Aaliyah Hill. <laughs> Just kidding, it's Aaliyah Hill, that's my best friend. There you go. So got some got some family or got some friends coming through. Any fun stories with, with you and Aaliyah that you can think of? I know oh. putting you on the spot here, but I don't know if there's any that sticks out uh, sticks out of mind. There's so many, I don't even know where to begin. She is way taller than me. Like I'm really little, she's really tall. She was a pole vaulter at CSU. Hold up. Uh, there we go. Love it. Yeah. And so honestly, really, anytime we go out, it's just like, we're so different. She just kind of like holds me in her arms. Sometimes like she just picks me up out of nowhere and everyone's like, what are these girls doing? <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's a funny story. There we go. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us, Mary Beth. It's been awesome hearing a little bit about your story. Um, you know, wh where could people go if they wanted to, you know, learn a little bit more about you on social media or, or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you guys can always follow my Instagram at underscore MB price. Um, you can follow my Twitter. Um, you can always, my DMs are always open. If you guys have any questions, want to know more about me, you can always reach me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary Beth. And thank you to everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want more content, go follow us over on Instagram at Track World News. We post almost daily over there. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Have a good one. Peace.